Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio show. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and the title of my message tonight is Sins of the Mouth. I was thinking the other day about how we all see what's coming at us, you know, in these times, and it's got everybody real deep in thought. We know a lot of unpleasant things are going to happen in the future. We may not be here for all of them. I don't think we will be here for all of them. Uh, because the last things are for refining purposes. But many people are in denial about what's coming, but that won't make it better but worse. But I understand I want to look at it. But because the need for refining will determine who stays behind for the worst of the Great Tribulation, a time of trouble like there was never before in the history of the world, it's very important that we get any known sin out of our lives that we can, and that we ask the Lord for help to do that, okay? Sins of the mouth are basically sins that are committed with the words that we speak, okay? Whatever is in our hearts will reveal itself in our words. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's what the scripture says. We can do good or we can do bad with our words. We can speak life or we can speak death. What we say every time we open our mouths reveals a great deal about us, more than we might imagine. Think about this for a minute. If you're talking to a friend who's real nice and everything, and all of a sudden they're just viciously slandering somebody you both know, how does that make you see your friend now? Now that you see the wickedness that was in their heart, you don't see them the same way, do you? And that was in their heart for how long? On the other hand, if they're saying really good things about someone, then they grow in your estimation, don't they? And what if they're being attacked by somebody, really backstabbed, but they refuse to talk bad about them? What if instead of talking bad about them, they look for the good and speak that? Does that not make your friend grow in your opinion? Good or bad, our hearts are revealed through our words. The Bible says that no man can tame the tongue. So if you even find someone who has great control over their tongue, that's pretty rare. So let's just talk about some of the sins that we commit with our mouths. There's no way I can cover those all in one episode or that I will even try. Murmuring and complaining. The Bible has a lot to say about that, like in Exodus 15, 24. Murmuring and complaining reveal negativity in a person's heart. Exodus 15, 24, the Lord had just saved the Israelites miraculously from Pharaoh and his whole army by drowning them in the sea. And when they got to, to Mara, they begin complaining. Actually, it says murmuring. And I was praying about this and I saw that when we complain, it means we have forgotten all the good things and all the wonders that God has done for, for us. And we need to meditate on those things. Just think, you know, sometimes when you just want to give God glory, think about some of the things that he did for you. Think about the times he saved your life, that he protected your life. Think about the times before you knew him and you did just crazy stuff and he covered you with his protection. He didn't have to do that, y'all. 
He didn't have to do that for any of us. He did it for me too. Think about how he's delivered you from danger, from evil, and from violence. If you remind yourself about those things and the many gifts that he's bestowed upon you, the blessings, you know, children, our children are blessings. The people that love us are blessings. If you have a job and you're able to work it, that is a blessing. If you have spiritual gifts, those are all blessings. And we should be thanking him for all that stuff every day. Numbers 11.1, and when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. 1 Corinthians 10.10, neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. How did murmuring lead to being destroyed by the destroyer? That's pretty serious. Okay, moving right along, because I don't have the explanation for that, or I would tell you. Exodus 16, 8, and Moses said, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, for that the Lord heareth your murmurings, which you murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. That's serious, y'all. They were murmuring about they didn't have this, they didn't have that. They were complaining about God's provision. Y'all ever been around somebody that just complained, complained, complained? That's all that ever comes out of their mouth. That's so boring, isn't it? You know, there's a lot of people in the world who cannot seem to say a nice thing about any situation or any person. They constantly complain and speak negatively. Then there, those are just an ungrateful bunch of people. They're just never thankful to the Lord for his many blessings. Both of those fall into the group of people who can brighten up a room just by leaving it, right? Did you know that your words also affect your provision for good or bad? And they affect your health for good or for bad. They affect your provision. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's Matthew 4. Four, I think. And speaking of provision, I want to talk just a minute about how using our words the wrong way can cause delay in we, what we are asking the Lord to make happen, because that happened to me not long ago. When I was moving to Louisiana from Arkansas, it was a pretty long trip, at least for me, it was a very long trip from the top of Arkansas to the bottom of Louisiana. Travel is very, very hard for me anymore. So I'm driving down the interstate. Of course, I'm talking to the Lord because I pray all the time if I'm driving. And I was thanking him for moving me out of Arkansas because I really did not care for Arkansas. I liked the beauty of it and the peacefulness of it, but nothing else. And I did not, other than I had a friend or two there I really cared about. And I did not understand why I had to be there so long. It did not seem like there was a reason for it. You know, I couldn't think of anything that was accomplished there that required me to be in Arkansas. So anyway, I said, Lord, why did I have to stay in Arkansas so long? Were you doing something there or, you know, what was going on? And then I saw in my spirit me talking on the phone. And it was like several years, two or three years before this, before I left. And I was saying, well, the Lord usually keeps me in a place for four years. And it was a trend that I had noticed long ago starting after I got saved and I was living in Dallas. 
about every four years, he would move me. Four years in Dallas, four years in Oklahoma, four years, four years, four years. And so I had started saying that because I believed it was true. And I got myself stuck in Arkansas for four years. So I saw clearly then that had I not believed that that was a rule in my life, that he keeps me in places for four years, that he would have moved me from Arkansas much sooner. So I stopped saying it. And remember, where the heart goes, the mouth will follow. I am sorry my voice is so bad, y'all. Proverbs 4.23 Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Now that word issues, part of the definition means source of life or escape from death. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the, what, source of life and escape from death. Okay, keep that in mind. Over the last few years, I have also learned it has taken me so many years, y'all, to learn to monitor my words. I remember people trying to teach me that truth years ago, and it wasn't that I didn't think it was true. It was that I was so used to talking the way I did. And I'm having to train myself still. I guess we have to do that forever. But over the last years, I've learned certain phrases, if I said them, would bring something on me I did not want. One of those is the phrase, that's the last thing I need. You have to realize, and if y'all don't get anything else I tell you, if you don't remember anything else from this podcast, remember this one thing. Anything and everything that comes out of your mouth, your brain receives as an instruction. It is a program for your brain to act on. So if your mouth says, that's the last thing I need right now, or the last thing I need right now is to get into a wreck, your brain assumes you want a wreck to happen, so it starts working towards that. Pretty scary, huh? Our brains are programmed to operate based on our words. So you need to tell it something better than that, okay? I want each one of you to think right now about some of the things that you have said today out of your mouth, just in casual conversation or whatever. If all of those things happen the way you said them, what condition would you be in tomorrow, next month, next year? Now, what if you changed your words and you started saying what you actually want to happen? What condition then might you end up in? We need to think about this, don't we? Because Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, we get what we say. Okay, this all fits together like the pieces of a puzzle. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast, be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, just like I didn't doubt the four years, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. I had four years. I didn't want it, but that's what I said. And that's what I got. And I believed it when I said it. The truth is you could not stop your faith. The not, the not having any doubt is faith. You could not stop your faith from producing in your life, even if you tried. The question is not whether your faith is going to produce. The question is, what is it going to produce based on your words? Did you know that the enemy don't need to get you? All he's got to do is get a hold of your mouth. Once he's got that, he can get anything else he needs. That is the truth. He can get the whole rest of your life if he can get a hold of your mouth. And you'll do all his dirty work for him. I know it's bad, but it's the truth. And here's another, here's another thing I want y'all to understand. 
If the enemy cannot get control of your tongue, he will try to gain control of someone else's tongue near you in an attempt to sow fear or doubt into your life and into your heart. Okay? He does this. this these are stink attacks. This is where our shield of faith must be up and it must be strong because these are sneak attacks and he stirs up the emotions of somebody we care about and he has them speak unkind or unjust words to distract or delay us. But if we have been diligent in feeding our faith, if we have been careful in spending time with the Lord and guarding our hearts, their words against us or about us will not affect us at all. People can talk bad to me and it does not bother me anymore. It used to just tear me up. And it just, you know, I'm like, that's one person's opinion. Who cares? But their words will affect them because they are speaking slander or a curse. And that means they're going to get the harvest of slander or a curse in their own lives. But if your shield of faith is up, it won't affect you. Because we are strong in our faith and we already have our minds made up. And our faces set like flint about what the Lord has promised us. So much that it makes no difference what anyone else says to or about us. Especially watch for these sneak attacks when you are step out into a water walk. If God says go there and you headed that way. Because that's when I've seen them show up the most. Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap. Proverbs eighteen twenty one: Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. They that love it, those who love to spread slander, those who love to sow doubt or fear into your life, will themselves eat the fruit of that very thing. It will come to torment them in the dark of the night when they least expect it, because that's what they tried to cause in you. It comes back on them multiplied. Because they are letting the enemy use them to do his dirty work against a child of God. You know, somebody said to me not long ago, getting sick is the last thing I need. And I thought, oh no, she just called that down on herself. Because she told her brain that she needed that. I wonder if we could see mirrored on a screen everything that happened in our lives as a direct result of our words. What would we see? That would be really interesting and probably pretty tragic to watch, wouldn't it? Okay, more sins of the mouth. Moving right along. Exaggeration, which borders on lying, is a sin of the mouth. Insults, when we say something to someone that is very unkind with the full intention of hurting them. God judges the motivations of our hearts, y'all. I think it is safe to say that we are tested every time we open up our mouths. Probably part of the reason for that is the first sin was committed with the mouth. When Eve bit into that apple, that was her mouth committing a sin, and then it just hit the DNA, and we've been struggling with that ever since. And I think it's just as safe to say that we flunk those tests, the open mouth test, a lot more often than we would like to admit. Okay, sins in the mouth. Lying is a big sin. Spreading info we should keep quiet by about Proverbs twenty nineteen. He that goeth about as a talebearer revealeth secrets. Therefore meddle not with him who flatters with his lips. We have had this done to us. How many times have we done it to someone else? Betrayed a confidence. Gossip is a sin. 
criticizing others is the sin. We are to build others up, not tear them down. Strife. Strife is the doorway to every envying and strife, the doorway to every evil work. Proverbs 18, 6, and strife comes only by contention, which is being prideful. So that's another sin of the mouth. A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calls for strokes. Calling for strokes. In Texas, we used to call that cruising for a bruising. That's somebody that's just shooting off their mouth, just begging to get a whooping. That's what we used to call it. Proverbs 12, 18. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. What's the piercing of a sword? It's a breach. It's a cut. But the tongue of the wise is health. That means that a wise person speaks of how healthy they are, not how ill they are. That's hard to remember when you're sick or you're in pain, isn't it? Because we want to tell people we hurt. Because we want them to comfort us. Boasting, which by the way, includes complimenting yourself. Have y'all ever been around somebody that just is constantly singing their own virtues? I could name you a list of people that does that. They just constantly just, you know, speak so highly of themselves. You, you want to compliment them, but you, they don't leave you any place to, to compliment them. I think these are people that are scared. No one else will recognize their qualities, but probably other people do see them. They just don't get a chance to compliment them because they're busy doing it themselves. Too much talk in a multitude of words. Ecclesiastes 5.2, be not rash with thy mouth and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven and thou upon the earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. We forget that the Lord our God witnesses every single word that comes out of our mouth, don't we? The Bible speaks in more than one place about people that don't know when to shut up. The one who talks way too much. Ecclesiastes 5.3 For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by, the multi by multitude of his of words, by multitude of words. That means a fool's voice is known by he talks too much. Proverbs 10.19 This one's more well known. In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. That means him that, that if you hold back from speaking too much, it shows wisdom. But if there's way too many words somewhere in there, there's some sin. Name calling. Bearing false witness, pretending something so you can get something you want. That's called manipulation. That's witchcraft. Idle chatter, which the Bible says we will be held accountable for. If we are held accountable for it, it has to be a sin, right? But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. It's Matthew 12, 36. Blasphemy. That's a sin of the mouth, as I understand it. Psalm 141, 3. Set a guard, Lord God, over the door of my lips. That's not an exact quote. Coarse jesting. Let me explain something about coarse jesting. I didn't understand when I first got saved why that was such a big deal. But if you tell off color jokes and do or stories and do whatever, let me explain to you something about coarse jesting. It brings whatever you're talking about on you. Oh yeah, I'm not kidding you. It does. Think back. 
you'll realize some of the stuff on you is from that. That is something you do not want to do. You know, words are thoughts before they come out of your mouth. Meaning there is darkness inside us and it shows itself by coming out in words that are unkind or off color or just wrong. When I was studying for this message, I came across a scripture that for some reason I have not noticed before. Proverbs 17, 20. One whose heart is corrupt does not prosper. One whose tongue is perverse falls into trouble. One whose heart is corrupt does not prosper. Could that be why so many people are not prospering? Because their heart is corrupt. There's darkness in there. It keeps coming out their mouth, but they don't really think it's serious. So they don't try, you know, they don't say, Lord, help me not be like this. Using God's name as a swear word, we know that's a sin, y'all. I cannot stand to hear that. That that makes me crazy. Proverbs 21, 23. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue, keepeth his soul from troubles. There's your good promise to stand on right there. Because James 1, 26 says, If any man above you, among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain, like it's worthless, it's not worth anything. That's a scary thing. I'm going to read you all the six things the Lord hates. Um, Proverbs 6, 16 and 19. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. These are abominations. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift to run into mischief a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Three out of six or seven are done by the tongue. A lying tongue, um, a false witness that speaks lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. How do you sow discord among brethren? You, you tell them stuff. You say stuff you shouldn't say to stir up problems. Okay. So half of those are, are sins of the mouth. But this is serious, y'all. We go around sitting with our mouths all the time if we're not paying attention, and we should have trained ourselves out of that by now. Psalm 39.1, this is the Psalm of David. I said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. Why? Why the wicked is before me? Because that's when you really want to run your mouth, right? Okay, he must have been from Texas. 1 Peter 3.10, for he that will love life and see good days... Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Right there. If you'll love your life and see good days, just keep your mouth shut. That's pretty simple. You know, the Bible tells us how to live and have a good life if we just pay attention. Proverbs 19, 5. A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall not escape. Luke 6, 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. What we say is coming out of our heart, y'all. And if it's bad, we need to deal with that. James 3, 8. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. We cannot tame our tongues, but our mighty God can. We must ask him for help. Psalm 141.3, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> I hope this has been a blessing to you. 
and that it helps you to think about what's coming out of your mouth. Doing the study has helped me think more about it. Thank you to all of you who are praying for me. It is helping. I'm so excited to be feeling so much better already. I'm so excited. Although my voice sounds really bad, that's not how I feel. I just sound really rough. I don't know why, because I don't spend all day on the telephone or anything. I don't know why my voice is so rough. But anyhow, we're not going to worry about that. But thank you so much to those of you who are praying for me. I'm so grateful for you. Well, that's all I have for y'all. Thanks for listening. Jesus bless you. You'll have a great end of your week. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. I hope this has inspired you to a closer walk with Christ. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc., P.O. Box 854, Altus, Oklahoma. That's A-L-T-U-S, Oklahoma 73522. Or by email at wingsofprophecy at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. Are there areas of sin in your life you just can't seem to overcome, no matter how hard you try? Many people live their whole lives under curses. Without understanding, they can be free. Learn what the scriptures say about curses and why they are still relevant today. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Learn how to defeat every curse through the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. If you have the knowledge, you can break curses off your life and start experiencing breakthroughs like never before. In the book Loosed from Chains of Darkness, you will learn the basics of four different types of curses. Loosed from Chains of Darkness is the most comprehensive curse-breaking book on the market today. Get your copy of Loosed from Chains of Darkness by Glenda Lomax, available on Amazon.com in print, Kindle, and audiobook versions. Have you heard? The 2016 and 2017 messages have been published in book form. Even those who do not profess a belief in God can see something is amiss in the world around us. What is coming for our world in these last days? What does the Lord want us doing while we're waiting for His glorious reappearance? Time of Reckoning and Soon It Will Be Night each contain approximately 200 prophetic messages and visions from the throne room of God telling what is coming to America and the world in these end times. The Lord has always warned nations when they were headed for destruction. He has always warned His own people. Are we also being warned? Get your copy of Time of Reckoning and Soon It Will Be Night, available now on Amazon.com.